going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine Podcast. This is episode 67. It is time. Big interview. 12-time PGA Tour winner. Two-time Masters champion. A Mr. Bubba Watson. He's on the show today to talk about his new book, Up and Down, Victories and Struggles and the Course of Life. It was a fantastic conversation with the lefty. You're going to want to stick around and listen. About 25 minutes, half an hour. We talk about everything, mental health and golf, mental health and sports, his battle with his own demons. It was fantastic. So stick around. Without further ado, Mr. Bubba Watson. All right, folks. We're here. 12-time PGA Tour winner, two-time Masters champion, author, up and down, victories and struggles in the course of life, Mr. Bubba Watson. Bubba, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm hanging in there day by day. Yeah, a couple of long days in a row meeting with everybody on the face of the earth talking about it. Yes, for sure. It's been uh it's fun, but at the same time, it's uh it's a long couple of days. Um, but at the end of it, it I mean it's always fun and to be able to do these things. It's uh it's been a it's been a, a a fun ride, but yeah, grueling ride, I guess. Yeah, a lot of places to tell your story. So that's awesome. But I do want to yeah. jump into it because this book is gonna have an impact on a lot of people. And that's where I kind of want to start. Before you sat down to actually write, construct this thing, was there a moment where you said to yourself, I want to use my platform, get my story out there, tell what I went through, and maybe that will help somebody else out there get through their own battle? 100%. Um, that's the reason why I wrote the book. I, I didn't want to write a book, a golf book, you know, like who cares about a golf book? Um I want to help people. And if I can help one person, that's that's worth it. And that person could be me, could be my wife, it could be my friend, it could be somebody that I've never even met before. Um, and the whole thing about me is um, I have the platform, right? I have I have a little bit of reach, but it's it's really about helping the people like a fireman, like a policeman, like a doctor, like a nurse, um, the person working at my car dealership. It does it doesn't matter what your job is, there's somebody going through something. And so I wanted to show them that I'm a human just like anybody else. I have issues. And if I can talk about it, hopefully they can talk about it, discuss it and get help, seek help or or just realize that they're not alone in this and they can and they can feel better that way. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it was a long journey to put it down on paper. Uh, but I'm so glad and so thankful that it's done, that we can um, try to start helping people. So you open the book, stand on the scale and you're down 30 pounds from your normal weight. Take us through kind of that moment, that initial, like there is something wrong and you didn't really have an exclamation for it. So take us through some emotions of that moment and what kind of led up to that morning. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been to the doctor at this moment. Um, you know, 162 is the number that I remember. The last time I saw a number on a scale was 162. I still from this day, I haven't checked my weight. Um, and I've already been to the doctor. I've already been to um heart, uh, what do you call it? Heart monitors on me trying to see if it's my heart problem. Cause I'm having chest pains. I'm having stomach pains, however you want to put that in there. Um, and so I'm having some pains as well, not just losing weight. And so I'm like, well, something's wrong. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a heart attack. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, you know, you, your mind just starts racing. And so for me, um, you know, the doctor kept saying nothing's wrong with you. And I'm like, well, something's wrong with me, sir. Um, look at me. Um, and I said, well, there's got to be something wrong. And so I just kept seeing this of my my weight, losing weight. I get on the scale at 162. And um, then I had flashbacks of my dad in 2010. He was down to 90 pounds before he passed away. And so all I could see was my body going that same direction. And I'm like, uh-oh. And um, the, 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 
the rock bottom moment. I fell to my knees and said, Lord, take me. Um, it wasn't that I wanted to end my life. It was that I wanted, I didn't want my wife to go through this. I didn't want my two kids to go through this. I wanted, I wanted this to just end, go away. I don't have to deal with it. They don't have to deal with it. It's just done. And then when I, when I said those things in my head, it starts resonating and it starts going through your head and bouncing around and you're like, wow, hold on a second. If I only have a few minutes to live, if I only have a day to live or a week to live or three months, a year, two years, whatever that number is, I better go be the best I can be for my wife. I better go be the best I can be for my kids. And instead of pouting for 10 minutes, why not go give 10 minutes, my best 10 minutes to my wife, my best 10 minutes to my kids and let them understand that daddy loves them, that he cares for them. Um, and I hope their life turns out great. And so those are the things that started rattling around in my head. And so got me off the floor. I mean, it was a, it was a hard moment. That was rock bottom in my life. Um, people couldn't help me. What do you mean they can't help me? There's something wrong with me. And so it was a stressful moment. And that obviously added more stress because we don't know the answer. And um, it was the, it was the mental stuff. It was the mental pressure, mental anxieties, mental things going on in my life. And I was letting it eat me inside. I was letting it um, dictate how I felt uh, because I want to be loved. And when social media, when media, when when I'm not living up to my own expectations on top of that. So, you know, there's a lot of things that add to this one blow up moment. It wasn't like just a, a one moment in time. It's a bunch of things added up. And that just keeps building and building and building. And here we are now on my hands and knees praying that um, the Lord would take me. Um, and so that's where the book starts. The book wants to hit you hard, let you know, like I'm a human being just like everybody else. And that I, um, I have faults. I have a few positives, but I have a lot of faults as well. And I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to put one foot in front of the other every morning. Then I wake up every morning is a blessing when I take a breath and I got to put one foot in front of the other. And here we are talking about it. Hopefully somebody can see this and, and understand it and, and, and do the same thing I'm trying to do every morning, try to make it a blessing. And you mentioned the difficulty of not having answers, right? You can't go to anybody. No one knows what's wrong with you. How important is your wife, Angie, during this entire entire process, having her by your side the entire time? Wow, she's very important. I mean, this is this is the wife. This is the, the lady that I married. I mean, this is 17 years of marriage now, 20 years together. Um, you would think that she knows all about me. Um, 2017, I, I let it all out. I, I told her everything. Instead of her knowing roughly 90% of my life, um, now she knows 100%. Um, and she knows that I have issues, um, not just the issues that people see, but the issues on the inside. And, and you know, there's no, there's no, um, there's not a lot of studies about mental health that we need to dig into that we can dig into. And so there was no really like, what do I need? And, and what I felt and what made me feel better and what took me out of, out of that, that dark, dark hole is talking and having my best friend. I'm married to my best friend. I can share whatever with her um, and saw that she actually responded in a positive way, which gave me more confidence that I'm doing the right thing. And then, you know, hopefully she can, she feels the same way about me. She can discuss with me anything. Uh, and I handled it the right way so that she feels loved and respected. And so having her by my side, I mean, it, it, it helped me. It helped me tremendously that I can talk to my best friend, uh, the lady that I sleep next to. Um, I can talk to her and discuss things and she doesn't judge me. 
Um, you know, nobody wants to be judged on this earth. We all want to be just loved. And, and so I was trying to fight it off and try to hide it so that I wouldn't let my wife down. And then realizing that my wife loves me no matter what, as we've documented through all my downfalls throughout the Internet um, and now also in the book, um, she still loves me, still supports me. And you can't ask for a better uh, wife, a better best friend, a better relationship than, than the person next to you, trusting you, um, loving you uh, for your ups and your downs. And over the last 15 years, you kind of had a work wife too. I know you guys aren't working together anymore, but how open were you with Teddy during this entire time? Yeah, Teddy. So Teddy was, um, gosh, Teddy's almost, it, it's, it, I don't know who we spend more time together, me here, Ted, right, right, or right, me right. and my wife, Angie. Um, you know, on a golf week, for sure, it's Teddy. I see Teddy's face more than anything. And um, so I, I got to talk with Teddy. I mean, Teddy's the, my, he was my leader. He was my spiritual leader. He was already grown in his faith a lot further than I am or was. And, um, and then Teddy was already married before me. He had kids before me. So I was looking for Teddy for a lot of advice. I think every parent wants advice. I don't think any parent has it all together um, because that book would sell tremendously if they did. But, um, you know, when I think about Teddy, when I think about his leadership as a, as a husband, uh, as a father, as a friend, and then as a spiritual leader, um, trusting in the Bible, um, gosh, I can't ask for a better partnership for 15 years and, um, and then go to my wife. You know, she was the same thing, right? There, there's two. I had two rocks to lean on instead of one, so I was thankful for that. But, but yeah, it still got me to my darkest hour because I wasn't sharing, I wasn't communicating, I wasn't as truthful as I should be with them. Um, and and you know, again, it was it was one of those things having two good people in my life that I could truly trust and share with, and 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 have a hug when I needed a hug. Um, me and me and Teddy's hugged a lot. You know, he he's. Uh, Sometimes there's no words. It's just a hug. That means, uh, that means a lot. Yeah. And speaking of a big hug, right? You joined tour in 2006, won for the first time at the Traveler, shout out the Traveler's local tournament in 2010. And then you get to Augusta National in 2012, right? Three-time PGA Tour winner. And at the end of the week, you leave with probably a very nice coat in your backseat. And all of a sudden, you're thrust to being one of the bigger names, recent champion, Masters champion on the PGA Tour. And all of a sudden, you're a golf star pretty much. And then again in 2014, what kind of impact did that make? Because no longer are you just another PGA Tour player. You're not only a major champion, you're a Masters champion. Yeah, the impact. And one thing you, you threw out, you didn't throw out there was two weeks before winning the Masters in 12, I became a dad, an adoptive parent. And I mean, that world, that's a whirlwind in itself, right? That's, that's a hard thing to come back from anyway, just because your practice schedule changes, your, 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 your um, attention span now goes to this instead of that. And um, so that's a whirlwind in itself. And then winning, I mean, the expectations that you put on yourself, just me alone, forget the world, just me alone for winning uh, the masters and then winning the masters again. Um, now my expectations are through the roof are too high. I think I'm perfect. And obviously I'm not perfect. And, um, but I want to be in my mind, I want to be, and I want to be like, well, let's do it again. Let's do it again. It doesn't work that way. And I need to just take the process. Um, I need to think about the process and how I got there. And then, you know, the, the sponsors, the, the fans, the media outlets, the cameras and faces, you start adding up all these little pieces and then you start adding up that, my kids aren't listening. Um, am I being the best parent? Am I being the best husband? 
being the best friend? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And then, and then wanting to go hide in a, a dark room to get away from people. Uh, you know, you add up all these pieces and it, and that's where it boils over. And then, and then with the anxiety and stress of the pressures that I'm putting on myself about life, um, the smile that I have to put on when I go to the mall, when I go to Walmart, when I go to um, Target, when I go to Chick-fil-A, you know, all these places, you know, you always got to be this person that everybody believes in and, and believes in and sees and master's champion. And I'm like, I just want to eat my chicken sandwich, man. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you put all these all these things start building and, and they build differently in your head for every person. It's different. But for me, all these pieces coming together started in 15. So 15, I started thinking about, I think the Olympics, About that's about the time the Olympics started being talked about or maybe just before. Yep. But now the Olympics points are starting. And, and so I wanted to be an Olympian. I mean, I've never dreamed of being an Olympic athlete. And then randomly, golf is now in the Olympics. And I'm, I'm up there in the top 10 in the world around this time. So I have a chance to make the Olympics. Uh, at the same time, I'm trying to make the Ryder Cup. Um, and then I'm also, um, world rankings, you know, so I'm looking at all these different numbers, FedEx cup and all these things and dealing with stuff at my house, dealing with stuff at my, uh, with my wife, dealing with stuff with my friends. Um, you know, maybe Teddy's going through something. I mean, my friends are going through things. And so there's a lot of, um, situations and I'm still got to somehow not three putt. And, and so with all these things going through my head, um, I started chasing the numbers and the numbers of world ranking, um, you know, the Olympics, uh, the Ryder Cup, all these things. And then 16 happens. And so at this time, I'm losing weight. I'm losing all these things. My stomach's hurting, but I'm not talking about this publicly. And so I'm letting it build up. I'm letting it build up in my head and in my my mind and in my body, my stomach. And instead of sharing where now I can share freely and I don't I don't get anxious. I don't get nervous. I don't get stomach problems. I just, I'm here talking to you as a human being, a, a failed human being, and I'm trying to get better. And, um, 16 was, was the Olympics. So I made the Olympics and then I didn't make the Ryder cup. I became vice captain. Um, but that lingers, you don't really, you can't change overnight. There's no way to change mental problems overnight. There's no way to change, um, the way you put pressure on yourself overnight. And so 17 was still a low point. And then 18 happened where you win three times because I started I started seeing the positive signs of what I was doing was was right. And randomly, I won. I can't even believe I won three times in 18 after being not back to my fighting weight, not back to my muscle mass, um, all those things. But somehow in 18, we won three times. So it's a long journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't you don't go to the black hole overnight and you don't come out of the black hole um, overnight. So it was a long journey and it's a long process. And I tried to convey that in my, uh, in my book a little bit. Um, hopefully it came out the same way I just talked about there. Yeah. And you mentioned being able to be open with people about it, right. And talk about it with, with everybody. Have you been, or have relationship changed with you and other guys on tour? I'm sure there's a bunch of guys on tour that struggle with kind of the same thing. Cause golf is just a lonely game. Since you've been open about talking about it, have you been trying to be an outlet for these guys to come and talk to and try to get over everything they're going through? Yes, 100%. I've had, I've had golfers. I've had other athletes. I've had fans. I've had sponsors, sponsors at golf tournaments. I've had workers on the PGA Tour, um, you know, um, volunteers. I've had, I've had at every avenue, even people that just stopped me in the store now, they're like thanking me. And, um, and this is before the book came out. So they hadn't even read the book, right? Nobody, nobody even knows what I'm going to talk about in the book. I mean, people that are buying the book are just hoping the book is good, right? 
Um, and I'm hoping it is too, but you know, the thing is, is it's, I just want to be open. And I, now I do, I want to help. Um, I wrote the book for help, um, not only to give help to myself, but to give help to other people, um, other grownups, other kids. It doesn't matter because I want people to live their dreams. I'm still living my dream. And now my dream is now added to trying to help people more and more. And so, you know, it's, it is, I mean, this is, this is a, a cool thing and hopefully, hopefully we do help people. And we've seen it with Matthew Wolf, right? L- earlier this year, um, Calvin Ridley just did it this past Sunday, just announced yeah. that Simone Biles did it too. Do you think we'll start to see more of these high level athletes just kind of call in a break? I need a few weeks. I need a month just to kind of get my mental health back in a place where I feel comfortable that I can go out there and do the thing that I love to do. 100%. I think we're going to see more and more of it. And, and, and when I say this, uh, you know, if you put a if you put a microphone or a camera in a in a in a doctor's face, I mean, a doctor is doing real work right here. Right. We're, we're, we're seeing like, let's say with heart complications, we're seeing a doctor with real work. But if they had to do interviews as soon as that surgery or, or issue was taken care of, I mean, they already have issues because they're they're putting you know, lives are in their hands. Right. And so. I mean, we would see them have to take more and more breaks, right? And it's the same thing. I mean, we're just getting microphones and cameras in our faces where whatever we say can uh, be used against us. I mean, we can we can say something, people can twist it. And that was one of my downfalls. And some of the things that came across the internet in my, my young career would eat at me because it would be lies or it'd be untrue or it'd be a stretch truth. And um, it made me feel bad because I don't want bad words written about me. I'm trying to I'm trying to live. Uh, I'm trying to make it through this tough world as a parent and as a husband. I'm trying to be there for for my family. Um, and I'm trying not to three putt. Um, I, I three putt a lot. That's why I bring that up. I'm trying to voice that so I can get that out of my head. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, I mean, yes, I think more athletes because I mean, I'm not even anywhere near a Tiger Woods. I'm not anywhere near a Phil Mickelson. I'm not even anywhere near a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan or a or, or in a Kobe, or, you know, I, we consider Kevin Durant, we consider name people. And, but every, every game, I think maybe even before the game, maybe after the game, I mean, there's media nonstop. And luckily I'm not at that level or, or our sport is not at that level. They only talk to the people that play well in our sport and um, doesn't matter in the NBA. Um, they talk to you no matter if you are terrible that night or if you're great that night. And so, yeah, I think, um, the team sports, it's going to get more and more. And football is, we've seen a couple of football players lately, um, you know, take time away. And I think that's well-deserved. Um, they're fighting their body. First of all, their bodies need rest and your mind is part of your body. It needs rest. I mean, you, you just can't, you can't just answer questions all day. We're not educated enough. I didn't get, I didn't get an education in how to talk to the media the right way and how to, how to, uh, you know, say the right things. I, I, I went to school to be a better golfer. They went to school to be better at football. Um, and don't get me wrong. We do have educations, but, you know, putting a microphone right after we just had a battle on the golf course or a battle on the football field or on the basketball court, I'm not have time to, to give you an educated answer. So it's very difficult. Yeah. And if you could say one thing before we get you out of here, that, somebody is listening to this, watching this, that is struggling with the same problems that you went through, obviously in their different way. What was the, what's one thing that you would say to them? 
voice. You have to voice it. Uh, you have to find if you're married, if you're in a relationship, uh, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or your best friend, or are you have to voice it to somebody and let that person know. You have to get it out, um, whatever that is, and it's it's not easy. It, no matter how big or how small the problem is, it's never easy voicing that and getting it out. Um, but you have to find a couple of people in your life that you can truly trust. And that person that you're talking to more than likely has stuff they would love to get off their chest as well. So you'll be a sounding board for them as they're a sounding board for you. And that's the the one thing that I know for a fact helped me tremendously is when I finally voiced it and let it out of my own head, my own body. Yeah. Cause it more than likely than not, it's going to not become like a venting to someone. It's going to be a conversation because they're probably going through something too. So that's awesome. more than likely. They're definitely going through something. Exactly. So on the lighter side, real quick, any goals for the upcoming season, except finding somebody to pick up a bag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, the goal is always the same, right? When, you know, it, you can miss every single cut. I say this because I've never done that, but you can miss every single cut if you can just win one tournament. It's yeah. easy to say. I really, I don't really believe it though. I'm just going to tell you the honest truth. I want to make every cut, but at least win one time. Win and one then time. the other goal would be the a president's cup, whatever that team, the team event is that year. And this year happens to be president's cup. So I would love to be on the president's cup team um, as a vice captain or as a player, you know, it's so much fun just being on these teams. How you feeling about your bulldogs? Oh my gosh, that's the only thing I do believe in. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Oh my one. god, they look you so know, good. The, the Bulldogs defense. That number 99, I got to I've been blessed enough to go to the Auburn game and sit on the sidelines and that number 99, that is a grown man. Their problem. I mean, he, he is super fast. What is he? 6'5", 6'6", 340. I've never seen a grown man move that fast at that size. I've someone shouldn't it should that size and then Yeah, someone shouldn't be able to move that quick when they're that big. Talking no, six, that's six, it's got to be illegal. I just throw a flag. I'm like, he's yeah, yeah, that guy can't do that. I know that. <laughs> exactly. guy can't. I know he can't do that. Exactly. All right, Bubba. Well, thank you for joining us. Everybody listening, go get his book up and down. It's fantastic. Can't wait to dive into it. Bubba, thank you for being with us today. Oh, man. Thanks it. for having me. Thank you very much. You got it. And that is it, guys. That's the interview with Bubba Watson. It was amazing to have him on the show. Be on the lookout for these big interviews about monthly. We don't have a Thursday of the month picked out, but sometime each month, we're going to have a big interview for you guys. It's going to be very, very exciting, but I'll talk to you guys next time.